Yeah? Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. Those of you in the house, welcome. Those of you watching online, welcome. Uh, I do want to give a real quick shout out to everybody watching online. This is your warning. This is advance notice, so you're not caught off guard later. We're doing communion this morning. If you have not gotten the emails, which you should have, now you know you have like 15 minutes to go raid your kitchen for something food-like, something drink-like. You know, if you got bread and juice, great. If not, goldfish and flat soda. You know your house, whatever you got, go with that. Uh, we're going to have a great morning this morning. Uh, communion is always a special time. And so uh, we've got a lot of music, we've got a lot of video, and uh, that's all you need to know. Uh, we are about a week and a half out from our next Clearhouse meal. So uh, if that's something you can uh, help out with uh, here in-house, uh, you can check. There might or might not be, I'll try to get one by the end of the service, a sign-up sheet on the uh, board out at the Opportunity Center. If you're watching from home, you can email me and uh, I will pass that along to Don. Um, whatever you can do to help would be much appreciated. Anything else? Mosaic. Uh, we are still in the midst of our, uh, our giving effort. The emphasis for the month of April is Mosaic Campus Ministries, uh, being run out of UAA, but reaching all across the state. Anything you can do, uh, you got an extra couple bucks here or there, uh, you want to give it to something good, give it to support this work that's happening with uh, college-age students all across the state of Alaska, uh, because that is a really prime mission field right there to, um, you know, to get those students before uh, the cares and travails of life sort of drown out uh, the potential work of God in their lives. So uh, if that's something you'd like to be part of, you can send a check, you can offer through our digital portals and just market uh, missions or mosaic. Uh, anything that comes in in March, or sorry, April, will go to that. Um, that's enough yakky yak. Uh, I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then, uh, then we will kick off. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for each and every one who is here uh, personally or virtually. We just pray now, Father, you would come and you would meet with us in this time, that you would prepare each one of us who are in this place, uh, each one of us who are watching uh, from home, that you would place in our hearts an expectation uh, that there is something in this next time that we have set aside for you. There is something that you want to communicate to us as individuals, as a body. There's some bit of work you need to do. There's a message you want to share. There's a change you want to make in our lives. And I just pray you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and, uh, and a heart to receive and a mind that's quick to understand. Father, help us to receive your message, to put it to work, and to leave this time changed because of the interaction with you. Come now, accept our praise, accept our worship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Frontman, first one. We were not created to live stagnant lives, to be stuck, bound, or broken. We were created with a purpose calling, a mandate, a mission. Even in these uncertain times, that calling remains the same. To go into the world, to make disciples, to share the love of Jesus. This is the work of Easter. The greatness of God the power of the resurrection in action. What Jesus did has changed us, made us a new creation, given us an unimaginable hope. Grace has taken root. Mercy has flooded our souls, and the promise of eternity has redefined our everything. So why keep all that to ourselves? It's time to put Easter in motion, to make a difference, to share Jesus with the world around us. If your life has been changed, it's time to get to work. Wow. I mean, that right there is really all the preaching you need for the day. Um, 
but I spent a bit of time putting something together, so if it's cool, I'm going to... I don't care if it's cool, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, so this morning, we come to celebrate communion. And um, one of the important things to keep in mind about communion is in the moment, at the time, Jesus is handing out bread and he's handing out wine, and he says, do this in remembrance of me. And we, we settled a long time ago that, yes, in that phrase, do this in remembrance, Jesus certainly means his death, his death and his resurrection. But in, in the scope of Jesus' life, in, in the chronology that happened there, his death and resurrection was like, like three days. Does this sound right? You are supposed to say yes, three days. You should know that one. Yes, three days. Thank you. Three days. But there was a whole three years that came before that three days. And so isn't it just as likely, it is because we've, we've already established this in our minds, uh, that when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, he wants us to remember not just the death and resurrection, but the life that preceded this moment. All the time that was spent together, all the lessons that he taught, all the ways they got it wrong, and he had to set them straight over and over and over again. This is what Jesus wanted us to remember. Even us, even today, even in this moment, as we prepare this sacrament. And so I want you today, and, and quite honestly, we come to communion too easily. We have communion service and, you know, we sort of expect it every, you know, once every three months or, oh, hey, you know what, this is one of those five Sunday months. I guarantee you we're going to have communion somewhere in there. And it just becomes one more thing. And we say, okay, we're going to do communion now. And everybody just sort of jumps up and lines up and comes down and there's the bread and there's the juice and we move on with our day. Communion should mean more than that. And there should be moment, there should be some time in the lead up to this moment where we look inward and we look at ourselves and we ask, what is it Jesus wants me to remember in this moment? And there's lots of stuff he could want you to remember. So I'm going to give you one. This is like a cheater. I'm going to give you the one thing to think about and it's faith, faithfulness. You see, faithfulness has been an outstanding, one of those defining attributes of God from the beginning, from before the beginning. But certainly, as far back as the garden, Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning Great is your faithfulness. And just in case we think that might have been something that eroded over time or kind of wore down, they reiterate his faithfulness in the New Testament. In 2 Timothy, if we, you and I, us together, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. 
Not only does he remain faithful, he cannot not be faithful. Even if he wanted to, God is incapable of being faithful to us. And so there was a time when when the faithfulness was just there. It was a two-way street. It was a back and forth between us and him. And it goes back as far as the garden where he came and he walked with us every day and he talked with us every day and we kind of roamed and there's Adam and there's Eve and they're like, Abba, it's kind of like daddy, Abba, what's, what's that thing called? I don't know. What do you want to call it? I want to call that one a zebra. That's a very good name. I like that. We will call that one zebra. And, and Abba, what's that one called? I don't know. What would you like to call it? I want to call it a pl- 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 platypus. Yes. Yes. That's what we will call that one. And his faithfulness extended to us and our faithfulness extended back in the course of a relationship. But then, as we tend to do, we messed it all up. It's why we can't have nice things. And we got kicked out of the garden and the relationship was broken, but his faithfulness to us never was. And so God instituted a covenant between himself and his people. God instituted a legally binding contract. And basically a covenant means, this is is an agreement, this is a contract, in which I, God, do A, B, C, and D. In which you, my people, will do A, B, C, and D. If either one of us breaks any of those terms, the other one is no longer bound by the contract. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. That was it. That was the covenant. I will be your God, I will be faithful to you, and I will watch over you forever and ever with my steadfast love. And you, love me back, keep my commandments. At that time, there were ten. They were really big things, not that hard to avoid breaking. And yet it took us all of about eight and a half minutes before we messed up the whole thing. But God remained faithful because God cannot do otherwise. And so the covenant was instituted and the covenant was broken and God remained faithful to us. And then Jesus came and said, you know what, that last covenant thing was a train wreck. Let's, let's try it again. We're going we're gonna to have a new covenant. We're going to get rid of that last one. We're going to make this one like really, really simple. Really simple. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I will be your God, you will be my people. I will love you, 
you will love me. This is the new covenant. And it's a good place to start. See, God is going to love us because God loves us. We are his creation. We are his children. And he loves the snot out of us. And again, even if he wanted to, he could not do otherwise. And so we come and we, because we are in covenant, begin to respond. We begin to keep our side of the covenant. All right, I will love God because the covenant says I'm supposed to. I will serve God because the covenant says I'm supposed to. And I will worship God because that is part of the covenant. I will do all these things because in the grand scheme of things, what I get from God is so good, keeping my side of things is really a pretty low price to pay. And it's very transactional for us. God will give us all this, so I'll do this. And it's a place to start. But there's some point where we should move past that. We should think about our faithfulness, and our faithfulness should not be because we're engaged in a transaction or a contract or a covenant. Our faithfulness should grow to the point where we are once again faithful in the context of relationship. I was just reading from Hebrews. It goes on to say, And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Jesus came and established a new covenant, which rendered the old one obsolete. There were still bearings, there were still shadows of the old one in the new one, but the new one took effect. We have the ability to transcend the new one and move from covenant to relationship. You see, faithfulness and relationship, the faithful person is steadfast, unchanging, and thoroughly grounded in relation to another. We can grow in our faith to the point where we serve God, not because we're getting something, but because we love him. We can grow to the point where we worship God, not because it's part of the covenant, but because we love him. We can do on God's behalf for God simply because we are in relationship and our love prompts us to act for him. I was talking last week with a friend she was telling me that somebody she cares very much for is in, in a bad place right now. And she's like, you know what, I, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go to the store, and I'm going to put together a care kit, a care package for this person I love so much. And we both agreed there was nothing going into the care kit 
that the recipient of the care kit could not go out and get for themselves. You know, I don't need a care kit. I'm pretty much everything in the care kit. I can go to the store, I can buy myself. But it's not about you. It's about me. It is about the love I have needing to find its expression. My faithfulness to God has grown beyond the point of transaction to the point where I need to be faithful to him because the love I have for him needs to be expressed. You can grow to the point in your life where you act on his behalf and you carry out his commandments and you love him in mind, heart, soul, and spirit because the love that you have for him inside prompts you to and you can't do otherwise. You may be at a point in your life where you find, you know, the video. It was like, hey, it's after Easter, man. We got work to do. We have a mission to be about. We have people out in the world who need to hear the gospel. And there may be a point in our lives where we go and we share that word because we have to. I know this is what God wants me to do, so I'm going to make myself do it. But over the course of time, in the course of relationship, and as our love for him grows, we find we don't do for him because we have to. We do for him because we choose to. We do for him because we cannot do otherwise. And our faith begins to be formed by his faith, and we become the kind of people who cannot be unfaithful because it's not in us to be faithless. So, as we get ready to enter into this time of communion, doing this in remembrance of him, doing this in remembrance of the faith he has for us and in us, I want you to consider your own life. Look in here. Ask yourself the hard question. It's just you and him. Nobody else is going to know. I, I give you permission. You can go ahead and lie to all the rest of us about just how faithful you really are. You don't have to tell us the truth. But you can't hide the truth from yourself. So as we prepare for communion, look inside and ask, how is my faith? How faithful am I? Am I faithful to him like he's faithful to me? Am I faithful at all? Am I faithful but it's transactional? Is my faith growing beyond the covenant and growing to the point where it's an outpouring of my love for him? We're going to watch a video. It's going to give you a couple things to think about. And then we're going to come back and... Tracy's going to be noodling away on the piano, just something nice, quiet, meditative. And when you're ready, just, just because one person stands up and starts to come doesn't mean you all have to at that point. You sit, and when you're ready, and when that eternal, internal conversation you're having with your Lord and Savior comes to a good point, then come and engage in the communion. But make this moment mean something. It's not just about the, the elements here. It's not just about a stale old wafer of Lord knows what. It's not just about some prepackaged juice. It's about this moment of interaction with God where you say, God, how's my faith? 
or God, help my faith be more. As you come, you will receive the wafer and the juice, the body and the blood. For those in-house, we practice open communion. If you are a believer, you are welcome to come and join us. Uh, I think the prescription for children is irrelevant this morning. Uh, for those of you who are childlike or just childish, conduct yourselves as an adult this morning, at least until the lights come up. We're going to go ahead and run the video. And then move as God leads you to move and be faithful in that moment.
For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your from the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire and darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a Cause all my 